Uh, we'll give another 15 seconds. Looks like we're finishing up. Thank you so much for filling out those cards. We appreciate it. It's really helping us as we're beginning to, to kind of develop and at the point that we're outgrowing this building. So we're just uh, we're building infrastructure and, and kind of in a season, a lot of transition. So you can be praying for us and we'll be letting know kind of the, the plan for the future uh, here in the next few weeks, hopefully. Kind of been a lot of prayer and effort and action going behind that. So um, I uh, get the privilege of introducing tonight's speaker, uh, who's going to be Pastor Jamie Stiefel, uh, our new children's pastor. And uh, he can come up. Um, but we've been, uh, we've been talking the last few weeks on identity and specifically the last two weeks on, uh, you know, really believing the dream of God and the mustard seed and, and faith. And we're going to get to hear from Pastor Jamie tonight, who's been on a, really a journey of faith and has banked his whole life. Uh, upon the word of the Lord. And so um, we, you know, I feel like he's going to like, here's what last week looks like in real life. And uh, we're so excited. We're so blessed and so thankful. He's a man of faith. I've already been deeply impacted by his presence here. When he prays, you feel heaven. There's passion. There's just like humility. And he's just an amazing man of God that we are blessed as a community uh, to have. And he's a children's pastor, but I wanted him to come and you get to hear his heart and see him because he's a father in this house. He's going to be disciple the children and really in a large sense discipling all of us. So with that said, I want us to stand up and honor Pastor Jamie as he comes to preach the word of God. Well, thank you. I actually wanted to start out tonight by saying thank you. And uh, it's finally a public platform where I can talk to a lot of you at once. But we just want to tell you some of you may not know, and you can show the picture of uh, our house. When we got here on June 2nd, um, it's, it, you can't see it all, you'll start to see. We arrived to our house, and there was flowers all over uh, the island in the kitchen. We went into the living room, and there was fresh-cut flowers. We opened the refrigerator, and there was um, food, as you can see right there. It was loaded with food. The cupboards had stuff in it. We went to the laundry room and all of the items you would need were all there. And it was from you guys. And uh, we just want to say thank you. Um, it was overwhelming when we walked in. It chokes me up just thinking about it because we felt your love. And it was a long journey as you're about to hear uh, coming here. It was an amazing journey. But I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart um, for the love you've extended us, the gift cards, the blessings, the hugs, the prayers. We felt them all, and we feel blessed to be at River House. So thank you so much. Well, I'm going to say a quick prayer as we uh, enter into tonight's message. Heavenly Father, it's so good to be here in the house of the Lord. It's so awesome to be worshiping you with these amazing people who love you with all their heart. And tonight, Lord... It's your story I want to tell. It's what you do. Tonight I want to talk about faith that moves mountains. Tonight I want people that are on the edge of about doing something great to just jump out and walk on the water tonight. I want people to be propelled into the things of God and your destinies for them. So tonight, Lord, just hide me behind the cross. May this be your night. May your anointing be all over me, I ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can't be a children's pastor without bringing props to the stage. So since 
the kids are in here tonight. I did not forget you, and I brought a few little props and did a lot of pictures along the way so that you will feel included. I'm going to share just a quick story from God's Word that kind of applies to the testimony that I'm going to share tonight. So in Matthew chapter 14, if you want to grab your Bible, if you have it, or your phone, Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 34. And this is a story most of you will be familiar with. It's the story of when Jesus walked on the water, and then Peter did shortly after. Verse 22, immediately he directed the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he sent the crowds away. I want to stop right there because when I read this this week, it jumped out at me again. We often don't think about this part of the story. Who sent the disciples out into the sea? Jesus. Did Jesus know there was going to be a storm there? Yes. So they were following Jesus' orders, little did they know, into a storm, into what seemed like what's going on. So just, we'll keep going. After Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was already a long distance from land, tossed and battered by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately he spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter replied to him, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened. He began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus extended his hand and caught him by saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him with an awe-inspired reverence, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. This story moves me when I read it, and there's a lot of nuggets in it. And so I'm going to go into my story and pull from this story as we go along the way, because there's a lot in there. Tonight's message is titled, Moving Faith. And I actually didn't come up with the title of this, uh, Pastor Jordan. Sodeman did, and uh, he's like, what should we name the podcast? And I said, well, I'm preaching on faith. And he said, what about moving faith? And uh, the more I thought about it, the more I liked it, because uh, not only did it require faith for me to move, but the faith that I listened, the faith in God's word actually moved me here. And so tonight, what I've sensed in my spirit, I've prayed for this message for three months now. And what I've sensed in my spirit, there are many of you tonight that God is going to move from here to here because it's time. It's time. And so tonight we're going to be talking about how do we have moving faith. One of the interesting things about faith, and you've heard the scripture, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith is an action. It just does, We don't just sit still. Hearing is an action. You're taking time to activate your faith. So at the beginning of my story, 
It starts by taking time. My faith journey began in December for River House. In December, I was spending time with the Lord, just praying, reading a devotional book, was not thinking about anything about a transition, moving, or anything. It was just spending time with God. And where does faith come from? Hearing the word of God, spending time with God. So in that moment of spending time with God, I had just finished a chapter of a book. And as soon as I finished the chapter, it wasn't audible, but I heard in my spirit so loud, Jamie, your time at Dream City Church is coming to a close. I'm going to be sending you, or you have permission to go out, to leave. Now, quick backstory to that. We had been in Phoenix, Arizona for four years. We had come from the Midwest for 10 and a half years at a church in Indiana and went to Dream City Church. And Dream City Church was somewhere that we went there because God told us to. We did a 21-day fast. That's a whole other story. So Jesus sent us to Dream City Church. Now back to my story. Jesus sent the disciples into a storm. Jesus sent us into a situation that after a little while there, while we had tremendous friends and a lot, a lot of people we loved, it never felt like home. It was an extremely fast pace. Four services a week, worked six days a week. Christmas time, we had 16 performances. We had to be at all of them. Huge show in the valley. A lot of great things were done, but it was at a price. And the price was my family. And so I had been going through this grind and grind and grind and grind. And we saw some amazing things with kids. And God was moving. And, and God sent us there. And I would not undo that season. I learned so much in those four years. But Jesus sent me there. And by this past fall, my wife was at the end of that season. She kind of gets things before I do. <laughs> she really had a thumb in my back, like, we need to go and we need to go now. I don't feel like we're supposed to stay. This is costing us too much. God wants us to go, and I would not budge until I heard from him. So, no, 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 I'm not going anywhere until he says. And so you can imagine how many have had differences of opinion uh, regarding spiritual matters. And we had a difference of opinion. So in this moment, now, uh, actually, I'll go one more thing. In October of this past year, I was in Lowe's, and I walked past this portrait. It doesn't say moving faith on it. I added that. <laughs> but I saw this picture of the country, and that is our heart's desires. My wife grew up in the country in Michigan. She loves animals, farm animals, the whole nine yards. And if she could have ever had a wish where she could live, it would be in the country. And so this is a beautiful picture in person. I should have actually brought it. But it just lights up, and we put it right in our dining room, and it felt like every time we looked at it, we were at the country. It was just like a promise that, well, there's a piece of it. And then we'd look out the window and see all the rocks in the backyard. <laughs> because we had no grass. We were in Phoenix. <laughs> but it was our little, I don't know, it was just a little 
something that caught my attention. And every time I looked at that picture or Kim looked at that picture, it brought us joy um, to see this simple life and just loving God and loving people. So now we're in December. I'm praying. God tells me I'm ready to go. I instantly grab my phone. And I, our, my parents are from Iowa. Hers are from Michigan. So, amen. <laughs> so we, uh, and we, were, we lived in Indiana 10 and a half years. So the Midwest felt like home. So I instantly Google children's pastor's job in the Midwest. And I'm looking for anything. Well, what about a Christian school? I mean, I just wanted to get anywhere in the Midwest and be near family. And um, as I'm doing that, I'll just do a side little, quick little lesson I do with the kids. Because this lesson came to me. I saw this lesson when I was doing this. One of the things we, we taught a series on how to hear God's voice in, at Dream City with the kids. And we had a stoplight. And... Um, a big prop, which I don't have with me. But next to the stoplight, we had these hearts. And um, each heart represented something. So the first one was a heart, and it's got on it an SOS pad. So since there's kids right here, would you stand up, Gabby, real quick? I just want you to be our... Okay, so when I rub this on your face, how does that feel? It feels weird. Feels weird. Did it feel scratchy? Didn't feel good, did it? Okay? No. So we say that the red heart is like a red light, and that means stop. When you are in your, in your spirit and something doesn't feel right, what are we supposed to do? Stop. Okay? Stop. Something's not right. Jesus is wanting to show you something else, or there's something off. Now I've got, Gabby, will you come back? This one has cotton balls on it. How does that feel? Soft. Soft. Feels good. It's peaceful. I like this feeling. And this is the green heart, which means go. Okay? And sometimes we aren't sure when we're making a decision, especially as kids. And we just kind of have a question mark. And a question mark is just caution. Let me ask mom and dad. Let me ask my children's pastor. Let me ask one of the workers at church that helped me. Let me run this by some other people. And it's just kind of slow down and see, is this God or isn't it? So I had taught this lesson before, and I'm in the middle of Google land trying to find a job in the Midwest. And all of a sudden, in my mind's eye, I see this. And I felt it. And as soon as I saw it, I felt it even more, and I felt a scratch. And then I heard him say, are you done yet? (laughs) And I actually, just be honest, uh, I was agitated at that moment because I had been looking for a long time, which was dead end after dead end, and he told me I could go, but there was nothing available. And finally, I take the time to ask him. I remember looking at my bedroom ceiling, and I said, then where do you want me to go? And instantly, when I asked that question, I have two friends from college that my sister actually was closer to them than I was, but Sarah Graham and Missy Veek 
And I don't even, Kim knew Missy, but I didn't really know Missy. I knew of her, and I knew Sarah, but I saw Sarah and Missy's faces flash right in front of me. And I had, I don't even know when the last time I ever saw you, Missy, was. I saw Sarah three years ago at my sister's wedding. So this was beyond random. And I saw their faces, and I remember looking at their faces, and I looked up and I said, you want me to go to Boise? And I grabbed my phone again and Googled, what is Boise like? <laughs> Where is Boise? <laughs> and um, my wife loves, loves, loves Four Seasons, and that's one of the biggest things she missed besides family. And the first thing I Googled about Boise is, do you have Four Seasons? Boy, did you ever, that winter. <laughs> but as soon as I saw that you did, and then I researched, and it's an amazing place to live, it's on top ten lists, and on and on, I felt... <laughs> I felt good. I felt a green light. And then I started to get a little excited, but just apprehensive at the same time. And uh, the problem was my wife was determined we were moving back to the Midwest. And I knew that. And we've already had. <laughs> and so I actually waited 24 hours to even tell her because I was scared. <sighs> she really is an amazing person. But she is a strong woman of God, too. And uh, I, I wanted her to be in on this. So, And I didn't know at that point what I know now. You know, at that point, you, you just question everything. And so I went to her, and I said, the next day, I said, hey, I was doing devotions yesterday, and the Lord told me that we're, we can leave Dream City. She said, he did? <laughs> she said, where are we going? And I said, well, if this is God, we're going to Boise, Idaho. Boise? Where is Boise? What is Boise like? And she went through, and so I had already compiled the information and showed her. <laughs> this is what they have. They have four seasons. There's all these things that it, of why we should be going. But at that point, Riverhouse wasn't even on the map to us. And so we, we prayed about it for a little bit, and I said, hey, don't you have... Missy's phone number, and uh, I said, would you call her, just tell her we're considering Boise as an option, does she know of anything job-wise available, and just see what happens. As I said, she and Sarah were the ones on the vision, and so she picked up the phone and called Missy, and Missy um, told us all about the town, and all her family moved here, and all that checked out, but she's like, I don't really know of a a job um, where we go to church um, isn't hiring, and, and it was just, it felt like it might have been a dead end, and so we just kind of hung up and said, well, if you hear of anything, let us know, and we even threw out, even if it's the Christian school, and she had some connections there, we're willing, we just feel like God's calling us, so she, she did, she checked and um, told her sister Sarah about it, 
and Sarah, she didn't realize, she told me this yesterday, she didn't realize Sarah was going to do this because she thought she was going to keep it confidential. But then Sarah went and told Nikki and um, said, hey, and we know Nikki and Johnny from college too. We all went to Olivet Nazarene. Um, and so she said, hey, Jamie and Kim Stiefel are thinking about moving here, like God's calling them. And Sarah felt like it was River House and told Nikki. Nikki said, she felt like it was River House, and she said, I just remember getting hit that night. Johnny and I was talking about it and got goosebumps all over, like River House. And so Johnny talked to Pastor Jordan and said, hey, there's this guy. He's at Dream City Church, blah, blah, blah. He's in, he thinks God might be calling him. You should give him a call. And uh, Jordan sat on it for a little bit, I think. I don't know how long. Um, and prayed about it, but one thing I remember, they called back, and after they had thought it might be River House, then they called and said, can we give, have permission to give your phone number to this pastor? And I told Kim, I said, I don't want to give him the number until we hear and look at the website and hear his preaching. And so this is, uh, I already told him to his face, but I went and listened to all the podcasts you had up to that point. And here's one thing of why I'm here. You can't fake the anointing. When there's an anointed man of God, you can recognize it, you can feel it, you can sense it. And I listened to him, and then with five minutes, said, this man is anointed, and I want to partner with what he's doing. Because the very first podcast was his vision for River House. This is a vision I can sink my teeth in. This is something I can be a part of. And uh, something Kim and I did when we were at a Nazarene church in um, Indiana for seven years straight, I led a Monday prayer group praying for revival and praying to be a, church, a part of a church that's like this. And before that, I prayed on my own. But I told him, I said, for 17 years, I've been praying for this church. 17 years, I've been praying that I could be a part of something like this. And God was faithful. So those of you that are in that season where you're out on the boat <laughs> and it wonder, where is God? Where am I? I'm stuck. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I want to say keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Press in, contend for his plan for your life. Because that was in my spirit so strong. And so that began, um, listening to that just lit a fire in me right out of the gate. It was just like I knew. And... Um, so she gave him my number, and we left for Christmas to go to Iowa. We're gone for a couple weeks, never heard from him. Beginning of the New Year's, we started a 21-day fast as a family, and this was the decision we wanted clarity on. And I knew from the podcast that he was on a fast as well uh, in the church. And So we were fasting together, and we were just praying, God, give us signs, give us confirmations, give us winks from you that we know that we know that we know that you're in this. And there were several. One I just wanted to bring because it is visual. But in the admin building at my church, ever since I've been there all four years, and I even talked to some other people and said it's always been the boxes of paper that we bought in the, in the um, admin building were from Costco. And so, and they look like that. So we had this big administration resource room building, and all the boxes were always Costco. And I'm in the middle of this fast praying. And we had already had a couple little things from God. And this may sound small to you, but at the moment, it was huge. 
and I walk into the copy paper box, and all the Costco boxes were gone. And they were all these boxes. And I don't know if you could see it. Also, I did put it on the screen. But I saw Boise, 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 Boise. And then I felt the Lord say, empty out every ream of paper out of that box. It's your first moving box. Pack it in faith. And so... I took out all the reams of paper, took it into my office and brought it home and showed Kim, guess where we're going. <laughs> I've got the first moving box. Well, in the middle of all that, Pastor Jordan calls me. I remember it was on a Thursday afternoon. And uh, he says, yesterday in prayer, the Lord told me I could call you today. And so we chatted for probably about a half an hour. And I you know how when you just get along with somebody, you do. You can't fake it. It's not awkward. You either connect, you have a kindred spirit, or you don't. We had a kindred spirit. I felt like I could finish his sentence. He could finish mine. We had this whole Nazarene background and getting just everything woven together of how God took us on our own journeys. And now we're talking to each other about what God's going to be doing. And so we connected, and that was a Thursday. Monday, my phone rings again. And we just kind of said, well, he's like, I don't know how we're going to do it right now. We're brand new, so we'll just kind of leave it up to God. So Monday, my phone rang, and he said, uh, hey, um, aren't you in, you guys live in Phoenix, right? And I said, yeah. He said, well, my mom was gifted a getaway trip in Phoenix. She's there right now. Would you be willing to go to dinner with her tonight? And this is just three days after we had talked. Or, and we were like, sure. So we went to dinner that night and met Robin. And uh, you guys all know how amazed we were to meet this woman of God. And um, again, just felt, the way I can describe how we felt is family. That's how family feels. When you're with family, you feel different than when you're just with friends. And I literally felt like I was with family. And so we talked, shared our story. She shared hers. And uh, we just kind of remember her saying, well, we'll just see what God's going to do. You know, none of us had the answers at that point. It was just, we think God's in this. And so I finished my fast. And um, at the end of it, I would say actually probably three, four days after my talk with Robin, then he calls again and says, hey, could you fly out here and um, meet with the board and just kind of continue the conversation? And because of the pace of where I was at, we had Dream Conference, Joyce Meyer was coming. We had all these things, and I couldn't get away. And I said, it's Easter. And I said, it's going to be several weeks before I can even come. And I said, hey, I'd be open to doing a video chat. We do those with our business. And... Uh, so I set up a video chat, and the board members all got on, and, and, or the leadership team, and um, met them. And again, it's just this, if you're new here, I, you've probably felt love tonight, because I certainly have since I've been here. That's what I felt with the leadership team, is just more love, more people that love God and love each other, and it, it was just felt right. So we met, and um, 
shortly thereafter, I don't know the timeline, and we won't get into all the details, but within a couple weeks, because of my kids needing to re-enroll in school and putting deposits down on the Christian school, and a lot of money was about to be wasted, we kind of sped it up because we all knew God was in it. And so he called me one day, and shortly in that time frame, and sometime in the beginning of February, and said, hey, um, the leadership team, we've met, we want to make you an offer to come to River House. It'll be a part-time position for X amount of dollars. And the thing that I want to say to this part, because sometimes the road to faith doesn't make sense, and um, this scripture, or the scripture, this saying, I actually put it on my Facebook in that season, Faith doesn't make sense. It makes miracles. And so the package they were offering me was way lower than what I was making. It didn't include health insurance. It was a ginormous pay cut. And I'm not saying that for sympathy. I'm saying that to empower. Some of you are holding back because you think it doesn't make sense. And so I'm saying that for that reason only, not for... You'll see in a second, it's not poor us. God has taken care of us. But at that moment, it was just like, okay. And I, I didn't even, I just said yes on that conversation. It was like, yes, yes. And so after I had accepted that, and I was excited, and I kept listening to the podcast, and just more and more Riverhouse, Riverhouse, we went to a health coaching convention in Atlanta. And uh, we have some great Christian friends that are also health coaches with us, and we were telling them that we had just taken this position, and, you know, we're going to have to work our business really hard to kind of compensate for the, the, the pay cut and all those things. And uh, there's two things I got out of that. The man looked at me, and he's just got a prophetic edge to him, and he's like, you know, because at that time I was thinking about getting a third job, teaching at a school, working here, doing health coaching, and that would have been one rat race for another. And he said, you know, I think you just need to work your business really hard, get something really simple and small, and, and just tell, tell your kids, hey, we're going to sacrifice right now, but God's called us and tell them why. So another pastor's wife came up in this conversation and said, what are we talking about? And we told her, and she said, yeah, my first year of church planning, she said, it was really hard. The money's different in a church plan. And she's like, we just got a small place and only had one bathroom. And we, she's like, I have four kids, but you know what? We made it work. And she's kind of laughing and joking. But we got on the plane from this health coaching convention. And Kim and I looked at each other. And I remember, you can show the plane slide. I remember us talking on the plane because there was only two things he highlighted. Housing for $800 a month, and at that time we were paying $1,500 a month in Phoenix. And housing for $800 in one bathroom. We felt like God was preparing, and so we just looked at each other and smiled and said, okay. And then we began, Missy connected us with Becca Marston, I think is her last name, a realtor, and we started up a, a portal, and we began looking for housing and if you're familiar with the market, some of you may or may not be, but it's like stuff goes like this. We found stuff we liked, and I would get home to show Kim, and it would be an hour and a half later, and it had already been pulled. It was just selling so fast, so fast, and it was getting discouraging. Well, after we went through the whole process, 
we didn't even qualify for a house with our new income and our business isn't two years old. And so we were talking to my parents about co-signing. I then started looking at rentals. I was looking for 800 a month. I couldn't find anything. And so I, I want to say that part because when you're in a storm where Jesus called you, but you start to doubt, you can begin to look at your circumstances and take your eyes off your God. And in that moment, I'll admit, instead of looking at him and, oh, you're in this, and I've got a copy paper box from Boise, and, <laughs> you know, we get this stuff, and we, it's amazing when circumstances start to close in, we can get our eyes off. And Peter, in the story, he was able to walk on water, kids, but that's because his eyes were on Jesus. When his eyes went off Jesus is when he began to sink. So the market was bad. He could go to the next couple slides. I just grabbed these from the internet. It's just to confirm, it really was awful. It's just like there was nothing, and we were having to try to shop from a distance, didn't know the area, had never been here, and didn't even know what we were doing, honestly. And um, so a few weeks of that, and it began to get heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. And I, as the provider, was carrying this burden like it's getting close. And Becca said, well, you guys are going to need to decide because um, to get it closed and to be able to be in by June 1st, you're going to have to be done by the end of April. So at the end of March, I just felt like, what am I doing? And you know how the enemy works. What are you doing? You're foolish. You're pulling your kids out of school. Your son's a senior. What's he going to do? He's, how's he going to make friends? How are you going to pay the bills? Blah, 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 blah. And all this whirlwind was going in my head. And in prayer one day, when you take time to get instructions from God, it works so much better. In prayer one day, I felt the Lord say, have Pastor Robin put a thing on her Facebook. And so I said, Kim, would you write Robin? And so she messaged her, and I said, here, this is what you need to say. And so she said, yes, of course, I'll post it today. She posted it, and a few realtors jumped on, and a couple rentals that were like 1800 a month, I think one of them was. And it was just way out. It was like, at that moment, the enemy was using it just to really rub my face in it, that this is the worst decision you're ever going to make. And so she did that, and I thought it was a dead end. Thought it was. But God. In the middle of that week, I went to bed very discouraged, and I actually went to bed with my phone, looking up houses, looking up houses, and probably fell asleep with my phone in my hand. In the middle of the night, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw this country road, and remember, my wife and kids love the country. And I said, oh, my goodness. It looks like the Midwest. There's even a cornfield. <laughs> and as I'm looking at it, I see this house. And I can only see the top of it in my dream because there was trees in the way. And I saw that it was brown. And I saw this brown house, and I even remember in my dream saying, well, I wouldn't have saw myself in a brown house, but this is what you want. Because I thought the whole house was brown. I didn't realize it was just the trim at the top. And, but I remember that in the detail. That's a detail of the dream. The next thing you know, 
I'm whisked down this road, and while I'm going down what I now know to be Beacon Light Road, while I'm going down Beacon Light Road, and I see my wife is an avid horse lover. She grew up with horses, and I see horse pastures, and there's horses. And then I get to this intersection, which I now know is Eagle Road. And I look over on the left in the dream, and I see all these horses, like a horse farm, lots of horses. And I'm thinking, she could just ride her bike down here. She's going to be in heaven. And in the dream, I'm telling myself, can you believe that when you, because you obeyed God, that he would give you the desires of your heart? Can you believe how happy your wife is? Can you believe how happy your kids are? And then I whisk down the rest of this road, and I get all the way to where it tees, Horseshoe Bend Road. And in the dream, I said, where am I? And I look up and in the dream and see a street sign, and it said Horseshoe Bend Road. And I woke up. And I grabbed my phone and Googled to see, is there even a Horseshoe Bend Road in Idaho? <laughs> Yet alone in the area, we'll be moving. And I did, but I found it was in Eagle. Guess what? Eagle, housing and rentals never pulled up in my portal. They're more expensive. And so when I saw it was in Eagle, Okay, okay, God, how are we going to do this? But I called back other realtor, and I said, hey, I had this dream. I may, it may sound strange to you. I didn't know where she felt about this stuff, but I said, um, can you go by Horseshoe Bend Road? Because I didn't know the crossroad at that time, so Horseshoe Bend's a long road. It goes all the way up to the town. And I said, would you mind going to that area and just seeing if there's a for sale by owner, a rental? She's like, Sure. So she drove over, and she said, Jamie, everything's at least $100,000 out of your price range if you were to buy. And she said, I saw no rentals. She said, but I did feel led when I drove that area. The presence of God came on me, and I started declaring your house is coming. The perfect house at the perfect price at the perfect place. That's the realtor I want to have, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and she did that, and probably two days later, it was a Saturday, and Robin texted Kim, and she said, hey, I found out about a rental. It's in Eagle. It's pretty small. It's only two bedrooms and one bathroom, but it's only 800 a month. I said, okay, because we had five bedrooms, three bathrooms. But you know what? God had to prepare us for this. This is part of the sacrifice, but the blessings I'm getting are far beyond having three bathrooms. And so you know what? She texted us the place. I was actually on it. It was a Saturday afternoon. I was doing bus ministry, and I was in the bus, and Kim texted me and said, hey, there's a place for 800, which caught my attention. And she said, here's the address. There's only a couple pics of the inside. She's gonna, she gave me the lady's name. I'll get pics later. This is all I have. And so she sent me the address, and immediately I pull it up in Google Maps, and I, I put it on, and I see 
this house. And in the, in the Google Maps, you can't tell in here real well, but it's white and like a light green. It wasn't brown. But when I panned around and saw the street, it was my dream. It was the same road. So I scrubbed ahead and I went to an intersection, which is Eagle Road. And I looked to the left. Is there a barn with a lot of horses? Yes. There's a pin drop on there. It says, once upon a horse. <laughs> There's, it's like a horse farm. And I said, okay, then if we go all the way to the end of this road, where it tees should be Horseshoe Bend Road. We go all the way, scrub ahead of Google Maps, Horseshoe Bend Road. But it wasn't brown, and then if you look at the top, I caught this. This picture was taken in 2011. So when we finally got the pictures, which you already saw it, from the landlord, they had repainted it brown. You can go to that next picture. Now, this was my, God, I wish I could live here. This is where I live. Do you see a resemblance? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But you have to step out in faith. If you want to see God move in your life, you have to get out of the boat. And when you get out of the boat, keep your eyes on him. Because the enemy wants to come and distract you, discourage you, tell you what won't happen, tell you all the reasons why this is not a good decision. And you have to ignore that voice. And trust in the one who gave you the faith in the beginning. To even get out of the boat and go in that direction. And since then, I've started to meet several of you, and I'm hearing, like, amazing people. I think of Aaron and toured his facility with this basketball thing, and his vision is big. And the cost is big. But you know what? I can feel. Where's my little green heart, Aaron? <laughs> this is what I feel when I, when I pray into your vision that you got from the Lord. God is going to move in that place, and it's unlike anything we've ever seen. And so... I talked to, is it Brandon and, and Brendan, Brandon and his wife, and here they are wanting to go out to the mission field eventually, and it's just, how is it going to happen? Are our kids young? What? There's all these reasons why, but you know what? Go out there. I think it was the Philippines, is that correct? Go to the Philippines. Pull those people out of the sex trafficking and, and trust the Lord. He's going to use you in a mighty way. And so tonight, it's called Moving Faith. Pastor Jordan has been saying, God gives you a great dream. God gives you uh, uh, something in your heart that you want to do. Tonight's message is, okay, now it's time to move. It doesn't do any good to keep that forever and ever and ever and give up on it and think it won't happen. That's called doubt and unbelief. I want you to step out in faith and sit back and watch what the Lord will do. Did you show the picture of my kids and my this was taken this week. My animal lover wife, I had one of my best friends from Phoenix said, I've never seen your wife look so happy. And you know what? I haven't either. That's the beauty of being in the center of God's will. That's what it means. So you know what? 
I'm excited to partner with River House. God has called me here. He didn't. I didn't. God did. And we're a part of something that is going to be, as we can see, it's growing fast. And this, the, when I was praying today, and I was praying over this and preparing all this, here's what the Lord told me to say to you. The best is yet to come. These are tiny miracles for what's going to be seen in this place. These are tiny. So let's start believing for big miracles. Let's start believing for a place we can meet and call our own to be given to us. I didn't stutter. I said to be given to us. That's what I'm going after because we don't serve a small God. We serve a big God. So I don't know where you're at or who this message is for, but this was just the story. I wanted you to hear our heart. I wanted you to hear how we got here. I wanted you to hear what God's up to. I wanted you to get excited. And I want you to step out in faith. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your spirit. The way you lead us and guide us. Tonight, I'm looking out over this crowd and no doubt there's some world changers. No doubt there's some ministries that are about to be birthed. No doubt that this isn't some of these people's final stop. They're just passing through, getting equipped, getting ready, because they're going to go out to the highways and byways and take the kingdom of God with them. So we pray tonight, God, that you would release supernatural faith, that any fear that is holding people back, any doubt, any unbelief, we kick it to the curb in the name of Jesus. And we just release faith, faith, faith. Let faith arise among your people. Let Riverhouse be known as a place of faith where it may not make sense, but it does make miracles. God, and we thank you for that. We love to tell your story and what you're doing. If there's anybody here right now in your seat that you say, God's got something stirring in me and I want to step out of faith, would you just stand and I want to pray a quick prayer over it. If it's a group of you, whoever, just like, I want to step out in faith. God, I don't even know what all you're calling these people to. I can only imagine. It's going to be good. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be full of your spirit. Right now, God, that still small voice that spoke to me and gave me the courage to step out of faith, I pray that you would give every person standing ears to hear your voice. May they know that they know that they know in their spirit this is you calling. May you confirm it with signs, wonders, and miracles like you did for Kim and I. May they be in tr- super passionate about what you're calling them to do. May they get excited. May depression and discouragement Bend at your name. And I just pray faith will be released over them right now. Faith to get them from where they are to their promised land. Faith in Jesus' name. Amen.